You're listening to Season 6 of Fried, the Burnout Podcast with your host, Kate Donovan. Fried exists to hashtag end burnout culture, to help listeners release any shame, blame, guilt, or judgment that you have about burning out, and to create spontaneous moments of healing through recognition of shared humanity with other people who have experienced burnout and lived to tell the tale. Fried and its associated Facebook group are free resources provided for you from our hearts. Our paid work includes keynote speaking and one-on-one coaching. You can find information about that at katedonovan.com. And now, here is this week's Healing Packed episode. Hello, Fried fam! Today we have a little bit of a different episode for you about letting things be easy. And I know that sometimes in the burnt out world, messages like this can feel like they're not hitting home. But let me tell you something. When I read Susie's book, I realized that she was willing to go there with us, even though her experience wasn't exactly the one that we have experienced. Today, we're chatting with Susie Moore, who is a world-renowned life coach, author, and host of the top-rated Apple podcast, Let It Be Easy. She's a sought-after expert for media outlets and has been featured on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Dr. Odds, Business Insider, Forbes, Oprah, The Wall Street Journal, I'm Still Going, Cosmopolitan, <laughs> and Marie Claire. <laughs> just showing that fire. <laughs> In addition, she is the resident life coach for Greatest, the world's leading health and wellness site for millennials, and the author of Let It Be Easy and Stop Checking Your Likes. Fried fam. Warm welcome to Susie Moore. Oh, Kate, I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you for having me on your lovely show. When Farnoosh wrote to me and said, hey, you might want to talk to my friend Susie. She might be a good fit for your show. And I, I clicked on your stuff and I was like, I've been following Susie for like two years. <laughs> How awesome. So I always love when that happens. Mm-hmm. And typically with Fried, we start out with our guest's mm-hmm. burnout journey. And yes. when in that section of you guys, I make everybody fill out a form before they come on the podcast so that my producers have ease of information flow. It's all organized mm-hmm. into a spreadsheet for them. And it just says N-A. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my, forgive me. <laughs> no, it, fun, man. Yeah. Yeah, it says if you have a burnout story, put it here. And if not, you know, and just says N-A. N-A. So without a burnout story and without having to sort of fight against this mm-hmm. level of stress and tension, where did the book Let It Easy come from? Because we need something like that. But why did you need it? Mm. Oh, I love this question. So, Kate, I grew up on welfare, living in domestic violence shelters. Mm. So there was addiction in my family, abuse, a lot of chaos, constantly moving. You know, look, I'm a 38 year old woman now, but looking back, I almost can't believe that experience even happened. But that was a story for me and my family, a lot of stress. It wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been the the upbringing I would have chosen, but it brought me a lot of lessons. It really grounded me early in knowing what's important, being Mm -hmm. surrounded by so much dysfunction, always feeling ashamed, always feeling as if, you know, I never know what's going to happen today. Like, will there be violent? I'm sleeping at a police station. Like having that upbringing was now I see Uh, exactly what I needed to do the work that I do. And so I worked really hard, Kate. My goal was always as a kid to 
be able to financially support my mom and have a nice, normal marriage. Like that was it. Like I just wanted normal stability, an apartment that we lived in that was mine, my door, my room, you know, my own setup. And I worked really hard. I moved to America, started working in the tech world, had a, had a really nice career before branching off on my own. I'm in, it's actually my second marriage, but I'm, I've been married now for 12 years. And it's so interesting because on that journey, I remember even in my late twenties, okay, I've got my nice husband, got my nice job, got an apartment. No one's coming for me. Like nothing is changing. This is relatively stable. It still wasn't easy. I was still anxious a lot. I wanted to control everything. I was starting fights with my husband. I wasn't an easy person to be with. And I realized that there was just a lot of work that I had to do with myself. And in the book, I break down in very real chapters, speaking about grief, speaking about defending yourself, speaking about friendship, ways that I've let in ease and the success stories that, you know, where I've coached people and when, when I've seen a transformation, because sometimes we do hold on to situations or we make situations harder than they need to be. Yes, 100%. And so there's a series of risk factors. We did this episode a a while ago now. There's a series of risk factors that lead to burnout and you have a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. And we haven't done the protective factors episode yet, or maybe we will have by the time this one comes out, but Mm -hmm. we hadn't, I haven't done that episode yet because it's hard to garner that information. We don't have a lot of studies on it because it's hard mm-hmm. to study something that didn't happen in people. Mm-hmm. You know, like what is, mm-hmm. how do yeah. you study that? Yeah. Like you'd have to yes. have a longitudinal study over not, not sure what you were looking for over decades in order to find some sort of pattern. And we just don't have that information yet. Mm-hmm. So I didn't warn you about this question because I didn't know I was going to ask it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> These are the best questions, by the way. Right. <laughs> What do you think were some of the protective factors that allowed you to go through your life without allowing this stress to overtake you? Did you have that one teacher that really believed in you? Did you have that grandmother that, you know, what Mm -hmm. were, who were or what were Mm -hmm. some of the protective factors that you think protected you from ending up? in a very different situation, whether burnt out or on drugs or homeless or whatever it happened to be. Yes. Yes. I, I couldn't really credit one. Well, I, I think two things in particular, the first was, you know, if you live in shelters, a lot of the resources you have like food, clothes, toys, they come from the local church, like ch- churches make a lot of donations. And I grew up with like church donation clothes and toys. And I thought that was lovely and amazing. So being in a church community, I'm not a religious person, but mm-hmm. being in a church community, I received the message, Kate, that we're all equal. Mm-hmm. This is like the message of like the word of God. Like if you, if you follow the Bible, you know, we're all equal here. So when I saw my friends who had two parents, a house, their own bedroom, you know, store-bought clothes, I was like, they have all those things, but we're all equal. So they're not better than me. Like I'm as good as them. So early I had this like Sunday school message of just equality, which brought me peace. And I didn't question it. I was like, it almost gave me a quiet steadiness. And then when I was 15, I read my first self-help book. 
Mm. It's called The Magic of Thinking Big. Mm -hmm. And I have read, I swear, a book a week ever since. Self-help. Like uh, there's even an article I wrote that was uh, was syndicated called, you know, I've read 500 self-help books. Like here are the five lessons that you need to know. (laughs) So I had that like almost like faith-based self-belief in the beginning. And and then when I discovered the power of the mind and how we – we are so powerful as human beings, what we're focusing on, what we allow in, what we can reject, how we can really think and dream big. I just became, a, I, I'm still obsessed with self-help. I don't know how people go through life without it. Like I'm optimistic, happy. This is my disposition, but it's not by accident. Like this I can have created. a bad day, a bad week. I can be a good route. I can, everything can go wrong. I can panic, but I'm constantly like putting my mind and my focus on what's true and empowering for me. And that requires a lot of intention and consistency intention and consistency Mm -hmm. and surrounding yourself with the type of people who also believe in and live by and support this kind of message. There's a huge, I think, disconnect, especially in American culture. I don't know enough about Australian culture to say Mm -hmm. there's a huge disconnect in American culture between the individual and the society within which they function. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the first level of society is, you know, they always say you're the, the, some of the five people you choose to be closest Mm -hmm. to you, it's just around you. Right. Mm -hmm. So is that, are those people in your life in that world with you? And does that make that easier? Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, Laurie Gottlieb, the awesome therapist said, she's like, before I diagnose someone with depression, I make sure they're not surrounded by assholes. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. I think that, you know, being very selective about who has access to you and your energy and your time and attention is critical. And I learned this kind of slowly, like having boundaries with people, really, you know, evaluating some relationships in my life, thinking really, is this a fair value exchange? You know, I, I like to give a lot. I love to be generous with my friends and, you know, and be available to help in, in different situations. And for me, it's really important just to feel supported. Yeah. So the people around me, I don't really have many, I mean, relatives aside, haha. <laughs> like I don't really have many negative forces. Like if I call <laughs> a friend and I'm like, I'm really panicking about something or I'm anxious or I think I messed something up. This happened just a couple of nights ago. I said to my friend, get out of the gym. I need to talk to you right now. <laughs> Calm me down. He's like, okay. Uh, no, I, I don't think any of them would say anything apart from soothing, calming truths. Like we've been yeah. there before, you know, that this is just an irrational thought you're attaching to. So that, I mean, set yourself up for success, right? Kate, like, yes, there's no space for anything else. And so there are people when you, when we're looking at burnout, there are studies that say 80% of it is your work environment. That's not mm. been true to what I've found in my own personal research. I've seen it be more 50, 50, it's 50% your internal world tendencies toward perfectionism, people pleasing, lack of boundaries, yeah. overachieving, et cetera. This whole, you know, list, this gamut of everything that's in self-help books, yeah. basically. Oh, yeah. I, right. I know them well. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And then the the 50% from the outside of how you are treated, et cetera, which to me, this is a, a tricky thing to talk about because while you can't change other people, you do have some control over the environment that you're in, mm-hmm. but not always. So for instance, If there's somebody who is living in rural America, there's Mm -hmm. only really one place to work because that's the only option. And they're working at that place and their boss is an asshole. Mm. 
And that's one of their five people in their lives, not because they're selecting them, but because they have to work for them. Mm-hmm. What chapter does that belong to? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. It's a good question, right? And it is true that different people have different options based on their location, yeah. based on their interests, based on their you know, their capacity, their you know resources, income, lack of yes. friends, so, car, exactly. everything, <laughs> everything, absolutely. Yeah. In in situations like that, when something seems fixed, like when you're like, okay, well, this is it. There are no other options. I would still, because I've had success with this, I've seen it. I would still like beg the question, is this really the only option? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even mean like move the job or leave the boss who treats you badly. But what what are you able to do? Like, what are you able to, because I used to work with someone who was, I mean, extremely angry and I was a bit scared of her, like, cause she would like fly off a handle a little bit, but you know, the job was great, but our proximity was very close and my, I could feel my body, you know, tense all the time. And so I remember constantly just going into meeting rooms. If I knew that she'd like have a flare up, cause I, I would get an, you know, a management email. And I know that she had, you know, I would like go for a walk. And also I would even do my very best, especially in moments of my own frustration to really try and exercise some compassion. Because if someone is like a dick or they're just rude or they're angry all the time, they're suffering. Like when you think about someone who's at their, someone who's steady and calm and generous, they generally feel pretty good. So if someone's behaving in a way that isn't, that doesn't please you or that upsets you, Sometimes I think, you know, I I don't even know what they're going through. I don't know what she's going through in her life, the personal story. And I don't want to know. I didn't want to get into it with her. But I'm like, what what can I limit and or because I wanted to stay in that job. And, you know, if maybe, 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 maybe if we had to brainstorm, had to look at options, like our life depended on it. Sometimes it does. Like, what else could there be? Sometimes we tell ourselves a story that, well, this is it. There's nowhere else. And it might not always be true. Yeah. Marie Forleo does this exercise that she says, you know, um, wouldn't it be fun if dot, 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 mm-hmm. and allows herself to answer the question mm-hmm. and then starts to say, well, actually, that might be possible. But wouldn't mm-hmm. it be fun if I think also a good exercise here that you reminded me of while you were talking is the the just like me exercise. Do you know this one? No, I don't think so. Tell me. The just like me exercise is when you find yourself really frustrated with someone, unable to find compassion, you know, sort of really mixed up in your own feelings about whatever they're doing mm-hmm. is to make basic statements that you know are very likely to be true and say, this person is just trying to get through their day just like me. Mm-hmm. This person just wants a family that loves and supports them just like me, Mm -hmm. this person, et cetera, et cetera, just like me, so that we remember our common humanity. I often tell people that I encourage them to share as much of their story as they feel safe sharing in order to give other people the opportunity to give them grace, because it is really a next level achievement to consciously give people grace on purpose, which is what you're saying now. Mm-hmm. Grace, compassion, open the door for other people's humanity. Choosing to do that is, is next level, mm-hmm. is and a higher level of human achievement, I think, you know? Yes. And Kate, we are so much more similar than we are different. Yeah. Like every human, even with wildly different politics, different worldviews, different looks, whatever it may be, like we want to love and be loved. 
Like yeah. we all want to have a feeling of safety and security. We all want to know that you know, we're enough and we're making a contribution. And yeah. I think when you find that common humanity in others and it's universal, there is a, a, a piece that like, it's not all, it's not 24 no. seven, but we have to do ourselves, right? Like no one could do this for us. I can't pay someone to like change how I feel to remove my frustration. I can seek out coaches and therapists and so forth, which I love and have, but it's really always going to be up to me every day. Like, because no one's going to be by my side, bodyguarding my emotions for me. I mean, wouldn't that be nice? But you know, is that thought true? Like, wait, are we attaching to something here? That's a story that is, I mean, I have to do that myself very consciously. And if I ever gave that up, or if I even forget about it sometimes, or I'm just having a bad day, I feel it. And yeah. it's a big reminder. It's like a, like a, a ding, ding, ding inside. Oh, something's off here. Like, come back, come back home. Like you've left, you've left. So I think just taking responsibility for my emotions is the number one thing in my life because we act based on how we feel, right? Our actions are driven by our emotions. What we eat, what we say, how we're showing up, it's all based on how we're feeling. So me finding my own steadiness, not even joy, but just my own steadiness, like this feeling of peace is like priority one. After that, everything becomes easier. This episode of Fried is sponsored by our partners at Culey.ai. If you're struggling to make healthy changes in your workday that will lead to long-term well-being, I might just have the solution for you. Cuely.ai uses a combo of your input plus magical AI technology to help you build healthy habits into your calendar, Slack, or Teams for as little as the price of one fancy coffee a month. By syncing with your calendar, learning your habits, and using its customized formula, Cuely will send you break notifications at convenient times throughout the day, reminding you to do things like take a walk, eat your lunch, drink more water, and more. By learning your schedule, Cuely will cue you when you actually have a moment to take action. When you're burnt out, making changes can be hard and feel overwhelming. Cuely is designed to make it easy and to move with you through your burnout recovery journey. To get started with a 25% discount, head to cuely.ai forward slash fried. Fried fam, how often have you heard me tell you to update your mugs or the blanket on your couch? I am so thrilled right now to tell you that I am now partnering with Barabi, that's B-E-A-R-A-B-Y, to bring you the most comfortable and most comforting blankets on the market. Barabi offers a variety of weighted blankets, including the tree napper, which is a cooling option for those who get too hot, the velvet napper, which is made of ocean-bound plastic bottles, plus They make the Hug It, a sensory knot pillow that will help you find calm, reduce anxiety, and bring your nervous system into a more regulated state. If I were you, I'd get one yesterday. You can find them on Instagram at mybearaby or online at bearaby.com. That's B-E-A-R-A-B-Y.com, and that will be in the show notes. There's somebody listening right now that's like, take control of my emotions. <laughs> what? <laughs> that sounds exhausting. <laughs> What's step one? It takes a little work, right? I mean, and this yeah. is why most people, I mean, look around, like if you're on the subway or look around, you know, most people aren't like serene, right? Mm-hmm. They're impatient. They're worried about something. You can see the stress on their face. 
we have this incredible built-in system, right? This feedback system in our body where we feel, am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just checking. It's a lovely podcast. But if you feel like shit, right? I'm like, if I feel like shit right now, I'm attached to a thought that is making me feel like shit. Right. So, and we can be, and it can be in any situation. So say something's going on in the outside world, there's an external change or there's a situation showing up and there's something unwanted. You're thinking something about that situation and your emotion is almost like this real-time data feedback loop saying, maybe we need to examine the current thought about this, especially if it's something that you can't change, especially if it's largely, it's going to be somebody else's behavior most of the time. So kind of like you just said, the just like me exercise, you know, exercising some compassion it doesn't come instantly. It's not the first go-to. It's not like, oh, you just screamed at me in the street because I was crossing the road when actually it was my turn to walk, but I'm going to have compassion for you right now. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm like, you tried to kill me. <laughs> so but, but in that moment, you know, if I'm feeling um, frustrated, angry, scared, sorry for myself, um, really annoyed with somebody. I'm like, you know, what am I believing about this person in this moment? And could there be another way? Like, what am I believing about this person? And, or what am I believing about myself? I just got a, uh, recently my, I I noticed that my podcast rating went down a little and I was like, well, that's (gasps) weird. And I looked and my initial episodes from season one have really crappy sounds because I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, I was learning, I, I did, those episodes with my foot in a cast from my mother's living room with a very expensive mic that was totally not suited to the room. And I just, I just didn't know what I was doing. Uh, Yeah. And the message was about the fact that the episodes weren't, the sound quality wasn't good enough for those that are hearing impaired and can't Mm -hmm. podcasters be better about it. And what's wrong with people and sort of like, get your shit together. Yep. And I didn't really think a lot about that person in that moment. What I thought about was, oh my God, I'm not a good person because I'm not making everything I do accessible. Mm -hmm. So then I created a story about having to fight back and saying, listen, I'm already spending so much time and energy and money creating Mm -hmm. a free product for you to use. Like, sorry if it's not perfect, you know? So I (laughs) then the defensiveness comes out. But really that defensiveness came out because I don't want people to be excluded. I don't want the material to be inaccessible Mm -hmm. to them. And I know in the back of my head that I have not been adding the transcripts because it's another set of time and money and energy that I don't currently have. So I have 170 episodes that don't have transcripts for people. And that's been on my mind for over a year. So now I'm telling a story about the fact that I knew, you know, and we keep going and we keep going and we just, we have to, you know, turn this around. And I did have to sit with myself. Mm -hmm. And say, that's a very reasonable complaint for someone to make. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's and the story that you're telling. So the podcast review, you know, rating goes down. You're not being accommodating, right? The story that you tell, the negative spiral, because the thoughts attract, you know, like thoughts. Support the mind will always choose evidence to support the, the most current thought. So there's a whole spiral. It's exhausting. Yeah. Right. You feel bad about yourself. Maybe then you make a bad decision. Like you're, I don't know, like you're like, oh, I'm going to reach for just the TV for four hours or, you know, or I had this healthy meal cook, but I'm getting shaked. Like whatever it is. We, right. So how we feel determines our action, right? So we feel bad off and we don't take a great action. And 
and with some peace and some of your own like quiet conscious thinking you're like well you know there's someone out there who's actually you know who who's highlighted this for me yeah. and yeah it's what i want to do and in due time like i'm doing i'm doing my best like you're a human where's the, the self the grace for the self like yeah the, yeah and i remember um one time kate when i wrote about my divorce in my 20s i it was on a news site and i took i it was like a uh, lessons I learned from being divorced because no one wants to be in that club, right? Especially at that age. And I, I shared my takeaways and the new site actually had to turn off the comments because they were so disgusting. And I realized as I was reading them, I was reading, I used to read my, all my comments. I realized that they were from really like angry men. Mm. They were all coming from men. And I'm like, I think that they've had some mother issues. Maybe they're, they're like, I mean, I don't want to say the words on your lovely podcast, what I was called, like <laughs> all the things gross, but I'm like, you know what? I, I don't even see any women's comments in here. And yeah. I think some men have just been really hurt and betrayed and not loved. And if I'm like this woman, who's like, you know, fine after a divorce, like I'm okay. Like I, I'm living, I'm, I, I I'm, you're the witch that needs to be burned at the stake. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I remember thinking, and at that time I was like, I'm such an idiot. Like, why do I even share my personal stories? How do I, why do I open myself up for this? Like people think all these things about me and I wanted to set the record straight. Never do that. But, but then like when I really sat with it, I was like, wow, there's a lot of pain out there. And I'm in that moment, that article, which isn't me, right? You are yeah. not your podcast. I am not yeah. my article, you know, uh, in, in that moment, that article was just like a, like a dartboard for all the pain yeah. from all these, these people who, and that's what they're doing that day, sitting, writing awful things about a woman who they'll never know whose, whose story is online. Or whatever woman is in their minds as they're writing the thing. Exactly. Exactly. Like I know, I know you're not punishing me, but it's, Hey, like I, I'm receiving all of this, like this, Hey, like I said, they actually had never turned off comments before. I remember it was like this, um, this like weird protection thing that happened. But, you know, as I thought about it, I was like, yeah, it's, you know, there, there's a lot of healing to be done. Like, and men don't have, maybe like, it's, it's just much harder to communicate what's missing, what's needed. And, you know, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, On that note, side note, everybody, Jim Young, author, book, Expansive Intimacy. Mm. It's about burnout and stress reduction in men, for men, through expanding your capacity for intimacy and vulnerability and human connection. Beautiful. Just a, just a side note there that mm -hmm. if you think somebody needs that book, I think they also need that book and please go get it because Jim mm -hmm. is a star. Mm, awesome. Chapter 39 and mm -hmm. let it be easy is titled stop saying I'm proud of you. Oh yes. <laughs> I love this one. It's one of my favorites actually. Okay. Jump in, jump in. <laughs> Well, you know, there's this comment that it's shared a lot, right? Like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You know, people who don't know you often say, you know, I'm proud of you. If you're, if you do something that's pleasing or seemingly impressive, you know, whatever it is. And I'm a big fan of Alfred Adler's work. He is, I mean, he was a contemporary of Freud and Jung, and he kind of broke away because he spoke more and more about self-empowerment. And 
he spoke about what's called uh, you know hierarchical relationships so horizontal relationships and then vertical relationships and when we pass a judgment to somebody like even saying like i'm proud of you it, it almost it makes me somehow more elevated than you Right. And there are some cases where this is accurate, right? So like a parent could be proud, like a mentor could be proud. It's really earned and it feels authentic. But, you know, like, Kate, I don't know you personally. If I said, I'm so proud of you. I don't know. Does that sit like well with you? Does it feel like, oh, Susie's proud of me? Like, I mean, my 23-year-old Pilates teacher, teacher told me she's proud of me, right? <laughs> like we only met once. <laughs> like, but, but I mean, look, the, the intention is good. The loving nature yeah. is there. But I think that the way that we use words is important. Yeah. And instead of me even sharing my pride, if I do feel like, feel a pride or a, or um, say a friend of mine does something really cool, I'll say, you know, I'm proud to know you. Or I'm so, I hope you're really proud of yourself. Yeah. Somebody else just, said, that I know says, I'm proud with you. Oh, oh that's beautiful. Yeah. And so also um, in this chapter, I break down, you know, like maybe a more conscious way of even complimenting somebody. So, you know, you can go, you know, you're so, you're so gorgeous or you're so smart or you're so brilliant at that thing. Even a positive judgment, like it's, it's like, it's still a judgment. And so I love to say instead, I actually corrected this um, recently on a reel. I saw my friend do a reel and I was like, you're the best at reels. And I'm like, you know what? No, delete. I said and said, I love watching your reels. Yeah. So I can speak about my experience with someone versus my judgment towards someone. And I find that these things, they're subtle. They might seem even nuanced and unnecessary, but to me, it's meaningful. I don't think they're nuanced and unnecessary because there is neuroscience that supports that getting feedback from people, mm -hmm. positive feedback from people that is really specific helps to make you more resilient to stress. Mm -hmm. So one of the six big six factors that leads to burnout in a workplace is lack of praise. Yeah. Lack of recognition. But that's true in everyday life too. Mm -hmm. And the the thing that you're saying now is just the reason that I brought this up is because A, this is necessary for healthy neurology. Mm -hmm. And B, this is such an easy shift to make that can really help people feel good because when people say things like you're the best at podcasting the immediate thing to me is um there's like 8000 people ahead of me on the, that list of the best in pod like i'm not even close to the best in podcasting i'm glad that you like this but that's not actually true if we look at the qualifying factors you know but <laughs> If somebody says, I love the way you podcast, or I love the podcast that you create, I love listening to your shows. Mm -hmm. That's a different experience. And that's something that you can take in with more ease without creating of, oh, this old thing kind of reaction. Mm. Yes. Yes. Right. And, yeah. And also, Kate, think about it. If someone says you're the best at podcasting, right? Say that that's, that's what you receive. Uh, well, no one's I'm ever like, said that to me, by the way, you oh, guys. <laughs> you're the best at podcasting. <laughs> but if someone said that to me, I'd go, oh my gosh, well, I've got to, you know, I've got to maintain this. Right. Or, or I'm the best right now. Or like, oh, I look gorgeous today because I've got my nice orange dress on. But what about yesterday? And what about, you know, so it's almost like a standard to maintain. It can even be a form of manipulation too. Yeah. Praise can be a form of manipulation because it's like, you do this thing. I'm going to keep praising you. Keep doing it. 
the way that I like you to do it yeah. versus encouraging and sharing. So if someone said to you, Kate, you know, um, that episode that you did, I implemented that. It really helped me. Thank you. Yeah. That's a lovely thing. Versus you're the best at podcasting. Right. And that implementation and that success is already done. So there's nothing to maintain. There's nothing extra to do. It's that it's done. Yes. And the experience that's, and, is and whole. complete. It's complete. Yes, exactly. It's whole. So, but the, the same person could have the same feeling towards you and the, but the expressions are different and yeah. to me, they're meaningful. Yeah. Like, to me, yes. they're significant. And I'd like to be conscious in the language that I use. I agree with that. Now. I'm, I'm enjoying this so much, by the way. I really am, Kate. <laughs> I'm so glad because I'm scrolling through um, chapter titles at the moment and reminding uh -huh. myself things that I wanted to mm -hmm. talk about. Mm -hmm. I'm going all the way back up to the top mm -hmm. of notes that I made before I came on. Mm -hmm. Adding to your plate. Oh, right. Yeah. When we're in burnout world, when we're in stress <laughs> world, the thing that we say all the time is we've got to take things off your plate. When yeah. I saw a chapter, listen, you guys, as a side, these chapters are like two to five minutes long maximum. They're really easy to pick up. You can read them separately. You don't have to read through the entire book. It's like this lovely little, you, I always um, recommend Tosha Silver's Outrageous Openness because you just open to a story, you read it, you love it, you move on. This yeah. You can do the same with this book. So um, when I, I got to that one and I saw the title of it and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about this one. <laughs> I was like, well, interesting. And then I listened and I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. I can get mm -hmm. on board with this. So mm -hmm. let's talk about adding to your plate. Yes. Well, I think we've all known a person or maybe we've been that person that when we have like, say for example, a relationship, like we, we, we lose ourselves in a relationship. Like my relationship is everything. Like this man, this woman, they are, you know, my, my weekends, my, all of my attention, all of my social media, even a picture, like everything is like this one person. If anything happens, same happens with work, right? I'm sure this is a big cause of fun. I was like, my job is who I am. And so your job is like consuming all of your waking hours and your weekends and your vacations, right? If something happens, if you lose the job, if you lose the, the guy or the, you know, whoever, uh, we're not left with very much, right? And it can feel devastating. Either we've been in that position or I think we at least have known someone in that position. So this is certainly not to advocate adding anything that's going to you know, require more energy or that isn't going to give you a return. But sometimes I think we, we really limit what we allow into our life. And then we tend to just cling. We tend to feel very attached. We feel like this has to go this way. Or I've even noticed in relationships where I felt controlled, that person might not have a very full and rich life. And so you know, I'm a big part of it. And then that's also pressurizing for me. So in the same way, you know, I make a reference in that chapter, like, you know, my friend who's a health coach, whenever we go to buffets, which we love, and I always get my money's worth at a buffet. Don't you worry about that. Uh, she's like, I like to just fill up my plate with all the healthy things first. So, you know, there's less room for all the, like the not so, um, not so healthy things. So I'm like, if I have a rich life, if I have hobbies, if I have friends, if I have experiences, I'm going to be just naturally more soothed because I'm less attached to any one thing going my way. Even as a business owner, I don't have one way of working. Like there are lots of things in the mix. It's very calming. Like one, one of my offers could absolutely collapse and like wrap up tomorrow. And that, that would be okay. Cause I've got my own kind of portfolio mix. And, or if I have a friend in Miami who I'm very close with and she moves away, I mean, I'll be sad, but she's not my only friend here. 
So I think adding to our plate consciously, but big caveat, it has to bring you a return. It has to bring you joy, has to bring you money, has to bring you a sense of peace, has to bring you an orgasm, like whatever, like whatever it is, the filling up has to feel good to you and a rich and diverse life allows us to, 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 to come to a place of steadiness because no one thing or one, you know, one action can, can really ruffle us or really ruin our lives. And really derail us. And the thing that I want to add to that and, and talk about is that when you're burnt out, as you start to get more tired and need more coping mechanisms, mm -hmm. instead of adding the things or keeping the things you love, you start eliminate. Those are the things that you eliminate first. You're like, I have to go down to survival. So I'm just going to focus on my job and keeping my kids fed. And that's all mm -hmm. I can do. And yeah. so you, you re it's really a, a series of one of my guests, Jeff Harry, he said, it's like a, a thousand small cuts mm -hmm. leads to burnout. And it's just this like, one thing that you love being taken away and then the next and the next and the next. And you keep eliminating these things because you feel like you don't have the time or space. But what you end up with is the stuff that is hard and heavy. And, mm. uh, and mm -hmm. those things that you were doing that were sustaining you for some time are no longer there to support you. So that thing that was hard and heavy is now harder and heavier instead of easier and lighter. And Even, it's everything. Yeah, Because it's, it's everything. Yeah. I mean, if I only had my work, Okay. Like if I, and, I, and I was just checking my revenue dashboard every single day and even on vacation, I was like, well, you know, how, how are my funnels? You know, <laughs> I, I, oh God, I mean, oh, I'd be the, most, the least fun, the, the most consumed, like it, that, it wouldn't, that would, my life would be filled with regrets. Like that's yeah. not, that's, it's not going to, it's not enough. People you know, have I, always been a, a little confused by my marriage because mm. we're very independent people. We do a ton of things together, mm -hmm. but we travel without each other pretty frequently. I travel with I my girlfriends. That. I travel I by that. myself, you mm -hmm. know, and, and he does the same and we're from different countries. So sometimes he travels to where he's from by himself. When we were living in his part of the world, I traveled to where I'm from by myself because mm -hmm. we don't always want to use every single vacation to go to the other person's home that, and see exactly. their friends that they went to high school with, like the, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's yeah. not always as, as fulfilling as it could be. Um, and people are always really confused about this. Like I go home frequently without my husband and my friends are like, why isn't he ever around? I'm like, because this is not my thing with him. This is my thing with you. I, I'm not going to be here the same way with him as I am when it's just me and you. I love that. And we actually have the same situation. So my mom's in the UK. Yeah. And when I go, my husband hasn't been once. Right. He's the invitation's there. He's welcome to come. But my mom's also like she's an interesting person. She's not the she's not the easiest to be with. And they like, yeah, yeah so her her behavior isn't always the easiest. I mean, I'm very used to it and she's my mom. Yeah. So of course I, I I'm happy to spend time with her, drinking tea, eating cakes, like yeah. My husband, that's not his vibe. And I'm thrilled for that. And he yeah. gets space. And when he's gone back to Australia, where he's from, without me, yeah. I'm thrilled. I'm like, go, go play golf with your dad. Like, yeah. do, do it. I don't know? need to sit on the cart while you do that. No, exactly. And, but Kate, there are no rules. 
Like right. we suffer when we, there are all these rules. Like said who? When? Is it written on a tablet somewhere in an ancient pyramid? And even if like, it is? <laughs> yeah, that's old news. <laughs> right? I mean, we, we go through our lives thinking that so many things are real, like that there yeah. is a truth and there is a path. Like people will tell you, like, you have to get a college education, right? You have to save X amount of your money. You ha- This is, you have to... Uh, spend this much time with your family. You need to have kids. I don't have kids. Like, no, me either. Yeah. But think about that. What isn't, isn't that a bit of a rule that we should like, or someone oh, would gosh. tell us. Do I, I was told. Mm-hmm. I was, it. oh, this is good. I was living in Prague at the time and I was flying back to Poland to see some clients and uh, they sent a driver to pick me up at the airport and I get into my car with the driver and I'm chatting with him and, and I speak Polish. So we're speaking Polish. And <gasps> my mom's Polish. That's Dzień dobry. Dzień <laughs> dobry. <laughs> Polish. So I lived there for six years um, and I learned the language while I was there. So I was going back to a client and I'm talking to this guy and we're just having like, it's a two hour drive from the airport to my client. So it, it's a, you know, yeah, just filling the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Filling the time. And then he asks about children mm-hmm. and I said, Oh no, I never wanted them. Just, mm-hmm. and to me, that was a, just, it's a very normal it's a throwaway uh, line. Yeah. Uh, yeah like mm-hmm. I just didn't want them. So I didn't have them. Like, he was there's like, no, there's no more to it, folks. Like, yeah, that's the whole story. <laughs> that is the whole story. And he said, but you'll never know what it's like to be a true woman. <laughs> and I looked at him and I laughed. <laughs> and I was like, what? And you're <laughs> like, like, pretty sure I'm a woman. Pretty, <laughs> pretty sure I have a full experience. I will not know what it's like to be a mother, mm-hmm. but mother is subset of woman. Mm-hmm. Not the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, I've heard all the things too. Yeah, you right. Know, I'll change my mind. Like, oh, I've, got, yes. I've got time. Like, you'll yeah. never know real love. And I think the intentions are good. And I also give grace for that because yeah. I can see, I can see why people would say, I've got a lovely marriage. You know, yeah. we've we've got a stable life. Like, I can yeah. I can see that point of view, and it can exist. It can coexist with mine. But yeah, the yeah. But, but it could also, Kate, for you and I, it doesn't sound like it is, but it could be a cause of suffering too. Like, could we could be. be like, is my decision okay? Is right. it acceptable? Like, have I let down my parents? You know? Or it could be not a decision. And then it's a whole, it's another, a whole thing. That's a whole nother thing. It's right? a whole thing. But just yeah. this idea that you don't have to play by any rules. Mm-hmm. And this is a really big one with burnout. A lot of people who burn out, are super high success. Yeah. Doctors, lawyers, went to school, got the American style student loans, Mm -hmm. did the thing. And now they're like, well, who am I if not this? I spent $300,000 and 20 years being this. Yeah. Who am I without this? But now we're back to the adding to your plate thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting because it's very easy to identify. And I do think it is particularly in this country that like our job is our thing, you know, yeah. it's like, you know, oh, you know, okay, you know, who is Kate? And you'd be like, well, I'm a podcaster. I'm this, I'm, you know, you would yeah. lean into what we do and just the, the space, like the disidentification, maybe sometimes of, you know, our work and all the external things that people can like look at, judge, they're tangible. When we just remember, like, we all come from the same source. We're all headed to the same place. Like it's all a bit of a mystery. This life is <laughs> like, I swear one of my secrets to like staying 
calm and sane some days is, you know, not taking it all so seriously, especially yeah. when bad things happen. Yeah. Like when bad things, unwanted things happen. And look, if you've had a business for a while or you've even been married for a long time, you have problems. You go to therapy, some you get a legal letter from some, you know, and they can be freak out moments. And I just have to remember, like, this is a season in my life, or this is something that's happening in in a big, in a big, like human beings have only been around for 200,000 years. Like we're a blip. Yeah in history. And yeah. yet that one thing, that one comment with that from, from the boss or, you know, what your spouse said about some, you know, about your family, like it can make, it can feel so consuming. Yeah. So I'm always like, is there a way, to, is there a way this could be funny? Like, is there a way I could laugh about this? You know, like can, what is, if this had to be a joke, <laughs> like how could I employ that? Like it's for my own health. Like yes. I, like I have to, and especially if you've got any, um, any like addiction in your family, or if you yeah. were raised with that cycle, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a, a very undesirable cycle of you yeah. know, repetition without progress. Uh, there has to be something where there has to be something for you in that. And if you've ever been to Al-Anon or know yeah. someone who's been mm -hmm. to Al-Anon, like there's a great sense of humor in that community. Yes. And dark humor is research-based resilience building. Oh, I technique. love that. Could you say more about that? Because I would like to hear about this that. This is amazing, but it's one, one of the top things that you can do to build your resilience is build your ability to handle and give out and laugh at dark humor. It's very English too, dark humor. Yes, like, yeah, I love, <laughs> I love British humor more mm -hmm. than anything. I just get such a kick out of it. That, one more question that you ask in your book that I think goes to this is, you know, even if could this be funny? And also, what if something better is coming from this or because of this? Yeah, that's another one that I think is is really critical to sit down and say, well, what if something better is coming from this? The, yeah, and if we look to our history, if we're being honest, we all have a history with the universe, right? Mm. The apartment didn't work out. There was a better one, or you found out that it actually had a mold problem, yeah. right? Or yeah. that person who ghosted you, like, turns out he's like a real scammer, yeah. or like he treats people really badly, you know, or like yeah. that 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 job that you didn't get, and you're like, oh, but I put so much into my interviews and that project they made me do. Then you're like, oh, I actually got a job two months later that was like 10k more. You know, look yeah. back you have your own proof. And if you don't, if you can't find any, I would look harder. <laughs> like <laughs> there is proof. The universe is for us. I know this, like, Hey, I know this, like, I know, no, no, this. And in the moment we want to resist it. There's so much stress, struggle, fighting, like the resistance is massive and consuming. But if we had like a little bit of like, Oh, well, you know, you know, I'll get over this thing. Like I got over that other thing. <laughs> You know, or yeah. that thing that really felt like it was heartbreaking, like I'll never recover. Well, you did because you're still here. Like high yeah. five. Like you know, yeah, we. I think we need we need to employ this. Like, and we all have personal experiences that will just show up as proof when we look for them. So look for them, but you have yeah. to make an effort to stop and look for them. Yeah, no one's going to do this for you. No one can hand it to you, right? It's like I remember. Um, this would kind of always irk me a little bit, but. Uh, when I used to work in an office setting, like people would sometimes make comments like, oh, are you always so happy? Because they were like pre-coffee, like sunken face. And I'm like, what do you think it's like for me looking at your face <laughs> every morning? So miserable. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I'm this happy because it takes inner work every day. Yeah. 
I'm not like waking up going, oh, the birds are singing and, you know, I, I'm in, in zero pain and I have no problems and, oh my gosh, my marriage is a 10 and my, oh my God, everything is such a 10. I, did, I just overflow mm. with, with, you know, endless blessing. Like, that's not how it is. You know, like I'm dealing with stuff just like anybody else, right? Like yeah. no one, no one was, is, is without, no one is without their worries, without a, a challenge. It, they will all, this is earth school. We are meant to have challenges, yeah. but the inner work is like, is the missing piece. And I can't skip a day. Like if I skip a day, yeah. I notice. Yeah. What happens? So sometimes like, if, frankly, if I, I say I have a hangover, right. So I wake mm-hmm. up, you know, oh, so already I'm like judging myself a bit in the morning. Like, oh, why did I have that extra margarita? You know, I definitely didn't need that. And I'm like, wait, did I lose my sunglasses? You know, so I'm waking and I have a headache, you know, and, and I'm looking to make sure I have everything. And then I'll order terrible food, right? That'll just yeah. make me feel, uh, you know, then I'll start going, you know what? The world is a really fucked place. <laughs> I'll start, then I'll look at the news. Yeah. Right. And then I'll start, or I'll look at my husband. And I'll go, oh, he's so annoying today. Like, he's just really annoying me. And then my mom will text me something kind of unreasonable. And I'm like, no one supports me. <laughs> like I'm alone. I'm alone in this world. Right. And then I'll look at my week ahead. Right. So if it's say Sunday evening and I'm like, oh, I, why did I say yes to that? Like what? Oh, so it's like one thing after another, after another, after another, because I haven't come back to the truth yet. Like, how do you do that? self-help <laughs> like listening to a podcast like this is a perfect yeah. place like a perfect place to begin and remain you know because yeah. you could be listening to all sorts of things you could be listening to crime podcasts you could be you know playing video games you could be watching Downton Abbey like but be intentional like if it's yeah. almost like if you if you're primed in the morning and I'm not even a meditator right yeah. but if you're primed throw on a 10 minute youtube video like while you get dressed listen to something that's honest that's really going to feed you connect you like back to the truth then like everything is simpler if if, yeah. if someone's late there's a problem I'm like eh, inconvenient but it's it's okay and you forge ahead but i honestly don't know how people go through their entire life without consuming and managing what their in like what their intake is it's the same with our bodies right yeah. if there's bad intake the the results aren't great like we won't feel good and yeah. so i'm like what am i intaking like what am i receiving because you always have to tune the station it because you lose the station the station is lost so consciously going back to it that's why even on my podcast i have five minute daily episodes yeah because your know, experience shows us that consistency is more important than anything right? It's yeah. what we do consistently that shapes our life and yet truly without it. Uh, you, I mean, people are surprised sometimes when they see me in a very, very grumpy mood <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it happens. It, 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 yeah, it happens. And I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes I'll text a friend need to rant. And they're like, Ooh, this is a rarity. Let's hear it. <laughs> and then they're like, Oh, Oh, wow. Still going. It's been 17 minutes. Oh, and then, yeah. But did I tell you also this? But it's also quite amusing because it's just not my normal, it's not not my normal vibe, but hey, we're all human. So, but what what has our focus I've learned is the most important thing. Yes. So bring your focus back. Yes. To good things Mm -hmm. as often as possible. Yes. And if we repeat, repeat, repeat. And think about, okay, if someone is listening to a podcast, they're already in a good position. Yeah. Right. You've got Wi-Fi, you've got a phone. Like that's yeah. not true for a lot of people, like in the world, like you probably yeah. have clean running water, you have electricity, yeah. like you, 
have shelter. Like these things are aren't true for everybody. Yeah. So when I just I just keep coming back to those truth, and I use this word truth a lot, but it, isn't that true? Yeah. This is one of the things that I ask people to do a lot. And we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I know there's always new listeners. So it's always worth repeating. Mm -hmm. Yes. Whenever you feel like you're alone, Mm. stop and look around your room. Right now I'm in my six by six closet office. Love. Mm -hmm. Podcasting studio slash office slash, you know, keynote speaking space. Slash come in here and cry when I need to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And in this space, right in front of me, there's a computer, a separate webcam, my phone, a printer, mouse, keyboard, a what I want to say the word calendar, but what I'm looking for is candle, a water Mm. bottle, another water bottle, another water bottle, two mugs, both empty, some news, some papers that I've written on, markers, magnets. Just those few things that I named within less than 60 seconds, probably about 100,000 people had to exist at some point over the course of history for these things to even exist. Mm-hmm. Just about- for us to be here together. It's such a beautiful truth. And think about the earth, air, fire, water, all the elements that also had to be included even a friend of mine once said i said something similar to her she's an artist she's like yeah but i work alone i'm like who creates your your like who built your gallery like we're never alone never Mm. not really not if we not if you really think about on an energetic level Mm -hmm. what you're surrounded by all the time and i think that this work to keep yourself in as best a place as you can when you can. Of course, there are down days and there are off days and that's Mm -hmm. just normal. This to me is part of my burnout recovery and part of my, what I consider to be my purpose and gift to the world. Now, when I am nasty, I am downright (laughs) nasty. I will swear at you. Call me me when you're in a bad mood. I want to hear it. (laughs) I will swear at you in a grocery store parking lot, like nobody's business. I will flip you the bird. I will go for it. Okay. However, we know we can measure eight to 10 feet outside of our bodies, Mm. the energy that comes from our hearts. This is measurable, science measurable. I'm not saying Mm. like some woo-woo people sat in a room together and said, yay, I can feel it. No, Mm. actually measured on devices. Mm. That means that the shit that I take around with me Mm. all day, every day goes into the space I live in goes into my grocery store, goes into my coffee shop, goes into my car, goes into my everything. Mm. And I feel like my job, if I have no other purpose, if my podcast doesn't matter and my book doesn't matter and my speaking engagements don't do anything and my acupuncture patients that I don't have anymore, but that I used to have never got help from me and none of that ever happened. I feel like my job is to not add any bitterness to the emotional soup that we're all swimming in together. That is beautiful and it's enough. Right? What do you like yeah. that is enough? Like chapter 62. <laughs> How much fun are we having on this? I'm like, let's just keep going. It's not long you've got. <laughs> Chapter 62 for everybody out there is titled Good Enough. 
comma is. Yes. Ah, actually, I think this is one of the reasons that I have a pretty high output yeah. of work. Generally speaking, I like to create a lot and it's not, uh, it's not a challenge that I have yeah. because I don't, it's not my job to be perfect. Well, just really- listen to that <laughs> for a moment, all my perfectionists <laughs> in the crowd. Yeah. It's not my job. We don't relate to perfect. It doesn't exist anyway. And so if I can do something good enough and release it, that's helpful. I'm thrilled with that. And I give myself a big pat on the back. Like good enough is good enough. And the reason that I think some people can create and move forward and have momentum is because not because they're talented or special or unique or different. They just don't have sloppy thinking. Hmm. Right. It's like, wait, let me rethink this. Do I sound like an idiot? Wait, oh no, I'm not good enough. I'm actually not ready for that. She's going to reject me. I'm going to look, you know, um, I, I'm not playing that game with myself. Like no. I'm simply not. And if I'm with my heart creating something that I feel is of use or is beautiful or is interesting, that's enough. And if there are errors or typos where I miss the mark, that's also okay. It's okay. When I make a mistake, I love to own it. Oh my gosh, I was totally wrong. Oh my gosh, you're to- like when I released my first book, I self-published it, and I had a lot of angry letters from people saying, you know, you you, you spelled the word you you used the word the wrong spelling of practice with a C, not an S. Same with the word principle, A L L E, uh, misuse, uh, yeah, typos, and and I was like, first of all, number one, thank you. You've just done like free copy editing for me. Appreciate you. <laughs> you know. And then secondly, I, I actually said, you know, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate it. It's my first book. Like it's my first book and I'm learning. So um, I, I really appreciate you highlighting what needs to be corrected. And then I thought to myself, what's more useful? A book that's out there with some errors. And there were, I'm talking, there were like 20 errors, right? It wasn't just two. There were like 20. And people were like, the publishing industry is going down the toilet. And <laughs> you like, you're the problem. And, and I'm like, whoa, you know, but I'm like, what's better? A book that's out there with some errors that's helpful that's helping. Yeah. Cause I also got that feedback to like, I took action on that. Or, you know, that one thing really helped me change a relationship that I have, or I believe in myself more. What's more helpful? The book that's out there imperfectly, but in circulation or the perfect book that's never released because we're too afraid for that typo email that comes up with great, uh, with great anger. <laughs> may I say people are really riled up about mistakes. Um, it's not my job to be perfect. And I love to remind myself that love because that. it's true. Yeah. I love that. Susie, we have covered an hour. (laughs) Wow. I feel like we're just getting started. I know. I'm just warmed up now. (laughs) I know. I hope you'll be a guest on my show. Yay. Let's do it. Yeah. Continue the conversation. Let it be easy. I love it. I'd love that. Fried fam. Let it be easy comes in book form, in podcast form, and in book form, you can have it in Kindle. You can have it in paperback. You can have it on Audible. This to me becomes another one in my line of resources that you can open at any time when you just know that you need a shift out of whatever you found yourself stuck in for whatever reason. Tosha Silver's Outrageous Openness is number one. And now we have Susie Moore's Let It Be Easy has become number two. Susie, Thank you so much for being imperfect. Kate, 
Thank you. What a joy having this conversation. I cannot wait to continue it over on my corner. So thank you. Same. All right, Fried Fam. Be gentle with yourselves. Create space for yourselves. Create grace for yourselves. And throw in some compassion for the win. Until next time. Thank you.